I'm Sandra Hayes Buckley and you are listening to the Mind Your Mind podcast, a podcast that delves into what minding your mind means to different people, what self-care looks like in their lives and why minding their minds is so important to them. I hope you enjoy. This episode of the Mind Your Mind podcast is sponsored by Rainbow Crescent. Rainbow Crescent is an online shop specialising in uplifting products with the aim of putting a smile on people's faces. Check it out at www.rainbowcrescent.ie. Before we commence this week's episode, I would like to draw your attention to a trigger warning. Eating disorders and emotionally abusive relationships are mentioned throughout this episode. If you need support, please consult the show notes for details of organisations who may be able to offer support or contact your medical team. On this week's episode, I am joined by Kira McCarthy. Kira is a fitness trainer and precision nutrition level one coach. And through her business, coached by Kira Mack, she coaches busy working mums to grow in confidence through fitness all while still being able to have a social life. During our chat, we discussed reframing negative thoughts, Kira's own journey with body image and body acceptance following her experience with eating disorders and how she has used her own journey to build a business where she helps other mums. Kira, welcome to the Mind Your Mind podcast. Hi, Sandra. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm super excited to be on this podcast this morning. Fantastic. And for any of our listeners who are not familiar with yourself and the work that you do can you give us an introduction into who you are and what you're all about so i am a single mom to two small girls um, i have a four-year-old and a two and a half year old um and i'm actually originally from claire um, i have my own online business called coach by kira mac um, it's only about 12 months old um has its up and downs um but i basically help other working moms um to get fit and healthy um, and build a structure around their lifestyle uh, while minding their small kids because um, I as a mom itself can be very very hard um, I have about 10 years background in the fitness industry um, and ever since I became a mom going back into the fitness industry working wise hours were just unpredictable like you have very early starts um, and very late finishes so it's kind of something that came about last year when my youngest was very, very sick that I decided to throw all my eggs in a basket um, and go back studying to be a level two coach um, to go online. Um, and there I did, well, I currently studying my pre and postnatal certificate as well at the minute to also help on that line. Um, but yeah, that's how my business kind of came about was that my little girl was very sick. And I just need to be at home for her. But then I also wanted to help other mums in the industry. Fantastic. And you touched on it there. You help other mums um, with their physical health. But also, you know, studies have shown the link between exercise and looking after your mental health and, and how they are so interlinked. And I suppose, why is it important for you to help other um, working mums with both that physical aspect and also the mental health um, benefits that come from exercise and why is it important for your, yourself as well to look after your own mental well-being? Um, I think it's really really important like you know as a working mom it can be very very hard to get time for yourself and I feel you can drown nearly inside your own self if you don't get that half hour to yourself um, and exercise is always the way I coped when I kind of give a little bit of an insight when I first was pregnant with my first child um, I found the journey to motherhood very, very hard. Um, I didn't accept my body changing. I found it very, very hard. 
Um, I just couldn't accept the bump growing. I just didn't love the journey, the nine months. And I think I trained a lot in that nine months and I kept myself healthy and fit. Um, and it was kind of a way that I just learned to accept that I was growing a human being inside me. And it was like, I was kind of very lucky to have, to be pregnant with a child, to be fair. If I went back to my childhood, I suffered with anorexia and bulimia for years. And I was told I might never have kids. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a blessing that I turned actually my whole life around. I got healthy weight again. I overcame the challenge and I worked a lot on my own mental health. Um, and I got very lucky to be pregnant um, with my kids. There was only 17 months between them. So I got very lucky to have two very, very fast. Um, but I learned on my first that like body image, it had creeped back into my life. Um, and I worked really, really hard on my own mental health. I found journaling was a key for me to just write down my thoughts um, and then, you know, try to not talk so negative to myself um, and try to turn the negative into a positive. And I know it's very easy that we can say, oh, I don't like bumps and lumps on our tummy or our big ties. And it's actually turning around and say, I carried a child in, in my tummy. That tummy is marking that I had a kid um, and I am strong for them. And I think it's just, it took me a long time to to work on that. Like it's, it's like a habit in training. Like it doesn't, you can't just break a habit straight away. Like it takes time to build up or you can't get into a habit straight away. It takes time to build. And I think with my own mental health, it took me time to break the barriers of the negativity and start working on the positive side. Um, so yeah, like I think training for moms, especially is very, very hard. Like I definitely find it harder too kids to get out and I'm very lucky I have a support network and I think asking for support is very key for you to be able to go out and do your 20 minute walking or your your training session um or if you find that you need someone to do it grab a buddy or join a class I think you know if you're definitely starting out after having kids a fitness class is a definitely a way to go like because you can meet other moms um or even a mom class you know with other moms um is a great way and always just think like your fitness journey before you had children is so different to your fitness journey after you have children so don't put so much pressure on ourselves we always find that we want to get back to our, our, our genes or our top to fit again and you have to realize that we've, we've carried a child for nine months it's going to take the bones of nine months to get back to where we were um, and I was that person that panicked when I first had my child I was like oh my god none of my clothes fit I had a massive chest that I just found very hard to accept because I would have had loads of milk. I would have had produced a lot of milk um, from being fit and healthy. What like, you know, I just was overinduced with milk. Um, so I think like when it came to my second child, then I was a lot more aware of all of this stuff and a lot more acceptance of my body changing. Um, and I think that's the biggest key as well. We need to accept this change um, and just love ourselves to know it's, it, can be hard like some people's bodies bounce back others don't um others need a lot more training or coaching or just time and i think that's our biggest thing is we don't give ourselves enough time as moms like we put ourselves under a lot of pressure to be a certain way or feel a certain way when we just need to actually just love ourselves for who we are and what we did carrying kids is a blessing um like especially and there's a lot of people out there that can carry kids i find that 
I, I'm very grateful because I was that person that thought I might never be able to carry kids. Um, and I'm very, very grateful for it. And I found the heat, not the hatred, but the negativity I gave on my first, I learned not to give it on my second. And I think like even now where I am in my own fitness journey and helping other moms, it's taken me the bones of four years. So I just think like time is a biggest thing and working on yourself. Um, and my like my biggest self-care would be fresh air. Mm-hmm. You, you can't beat fresh air. I just think nothing else works for me. Like there's been days there last week I haven't even got out the fresh air and I just felt it in my mood. Um, so definitely I think if you're struggling with your mood or your mental health, take to the roads and take to the roads in the pissing rain or the snow or whatever it is, just get out. I think it does do the world a good um, and just reflect on your day. Um, and I also find lately I've been writing down the positives of your day, not the negatives, because we focus so much solely on our negatives that we don't realize how much actually positives we've done in a day. And we've actually done way more than we actually we think. But the more we recognize the positives in our day, the less we will think of the negatives. Do you know, so I think so. I think it's very important that we reflect on that as well in the evening time. That the more we we have a good day, you realize that the more you you realize that there's more positives out of your day than there is negatives. Um, and trying to not solely drain your energy on all the negatives because it's just that's our our, our body is our mind is drawn to the negative very very fast. Um, and it's just something that I work on very very hardly is to try keep the positive going or shifting when a negative comes into my head, how can I change this to a positive outcome? And it, it does, it takes time. Like nothing can be done overnight, but it is just working solely on it. Yeah, definitely. And that that mindset piece that you talked about there is really important to kind of, because it's very easy to get stuck in that negative bias and that negative cycle. And the more you think negative, the more, you know, the more you think negative, the more it will go on and the longer it will go on. And just by having that shift and, okay, something bad has happened. How can I turn this around and, you know, look at it in a positive way? Maybe it's an opportunity that has come to you, you know, and reframing our thoughts is something that's really important. And I think it's really good that you work with these women who have had kids as well, because you have gone through that and gone through that journey of the body image piece that you mentioned the mindset Mm -hmm. the the having to work on reframing your own thoughts and I'm sure through the training that you do with those women it's very beneficial to them to have someone who has actually gone through it and Mm -hmm. who can you know I suppose you've seen the benefits of doing this work and being on this journey and you know you're coming out I suppose stronger for it that you now have that acceptance with the body image thing and of course that's a journey as well and you mentioned that you know it can crop up and it's like anything on a mental well-being journey you know there can be dips in your mental well-being or your mental health and it's just to recognize when you have the the dips and kind of reframing it as okay there's something going on and maybe I can do something about it or that sort of thing rather than just getting stuck in the negative and really you know I suppose falling into that trap of okay, everything has just fallen apart. You know, it's all gone to, it's all gone to shit. That's it now. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think like the last 
the last 10 months of my own life have been an absolute roller coaster. Um, like it's not something I have actually talked about on my own story or Instagram, but I left my relationship with my girl's dad because I was emotionally abused. Um, and not by him, by his, by family members. And it's just something that I, I did a retreat in October to work on myself because I felt I was a little bit lost and I needed answers. And I got my answers on that retreat. And that was to the point that I actually needed to leave this environment that I was in because this wasn't doing me any good. And I think ever since when my, my daughter Grace got sick last year, um, I, I probably had a mental health breakdown that I didn't realize because I kept myself so busy working, um, so busy trying to get a business off the ground, so busy being a mom um, and being a partner um, and just doing it all. And I just felt like, you know, I actually felt like I was drowning. And I think like I've been through it. I've been through like, and, and, uh, yeah, I could say a mental health breakdown, totally, 100%. Um, to the point that when I went away on this retreat, I came home and I couldn't put on my socks or shoes. I couldn't drive my car. My daughter, who was three at the time, had to help me out to get dressed. And I was like, what's going on here? I couldn't figure this all out. I was like, had doctor's appointments. Nobody had answers for me for six weeks. Till the point that I walked away from the environment I was living in and that stress, stress on my back disappeared. And I think like, we can burn ourselves out very, very easily. And I, I definitely hold my hands up to it, have done it. Um, and I think as moms, we put ourselves under so serious pressure, um, serious pressure to try to do it all, to do the housework, to, to look after ourselves, to look after our partners, to cook the dinners and do it all. What I do ask you is to take a step back because like you can't pour from an empty cup. And I've heard this saying so many times in the last 10 months, from so many people that I've reached out to for help through my own therapy, um, you can't burn, you can't pour from an empty cup. You, you literally will just be no good to nobody. Um, and I just find that in the last six months, I've done a lot of work on myself to take that step back, to not worry about the dirty kitchen or to not worry about missing a workout or do, you know, making sure I have it all, all my ducks in a row every day. It doesn't, as a working mom, it doesn't happen like that. You know, you're going to get blips on the road. Your daughter, your child is going to be sick. Um, you know, that's unexpected. Then you have your day is just thrown up in a heap. But I think you have to just go with it. Um, and I do find though, like, fresh air was my key to my, my turning point. Like just getting out, screaming if I needed to scream. Um, but if you are someone out there that's in an environment that's not working for you, um, or it could be it could be down to work, mightn't even be family related, it could be work related, take a big look at it and go, is, is this serving me in the way I want it to serve me? Because if it's not, I need to get out. And I think like it's draining your energy without you realizing it. Mm -hmm. And that what's happened to me in a family situation, it drained my energy to the point that I had a mental health breakdown. Um, and I think like, until you step away from it, that's when the light in the, the light starts to shine. Um, you know, you can be stuck in a dark place for a long time without realizing it. And a lot of people don't see it. Um, but working on your own mind, being a little bit selfish, you know, you need to you need to be selfish for yourself to be able to grow. Um, it, like nobody's going to hold your hand; they'll be there to support you. But unless you take that leap yourself forward. 
uh, and it goes in any sense like even for your training or for a job or you know working hours like you need to do it for it suits you um i think um because at the end of the day you'll be the one that will be burnt out and you won't be pouring from any cup um and then you're just not going to feel the best and i think having your cup full and full of stuff that you enjoy doing um like self-love self-care uh is that like nails getting your nails done or your hair done or going to the gym or going on a holiday that's filling your cup and you need to fill your cup to be able to to be a hundred percent yourself, like, or to just to be you, like you, you know, to be, yeah, I think like for me to fill my cup now, it's training. Like I love the gym and I don't know, I did a photo shoot there recently and it was just a lifestyle shoot. It was nothing spectacular, but it was what I got out of the last 10 months. Um, It was what something I focused on because it just gave me, you know, that little bit of drive to keep pushing through the hard days. Um, and I was totally out of my comfort zone doing it in the middle of a warehouse. But it was just a, a, a sense of achievement, a sense of proud, that kind of going like, feck you the last 10 months, good luck, see you later, that chapter's closed now, onwards and upwards. But I'm glad I went through that rough patch because I come out stronger. So yeah, I think like if we're all struggling at the minute, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, but you can't keep pouring from an empty cup. Absolutely. And I think you touched on something there that like it is so easy to stay in those situations because, you know, it's just easier to not put your head above the parapet and say something's wrong here or whatever. But like you said, it's just draining your resources. If you stay in a situation that is not serving you, be it in work or at home or wherever, like Mm -hmm. all it is doing is draining, draining the life out of you, basically training your resources you like that you're trying to pour from an empty cup you're trying to be all things to all people when you actually can't be anything to anyone because you physically are burnt out you're exhausted emotionally physically mentally and I think it's so important like what you said to identify what your self-care needs are and for you you know that is the gym and having that sense of purpose and that sense of drive and also it must have been very rewarding actually doing that shoot for you because you know it was something you would work really hard on out of what was such a difficult time in your life and to have this to show like look I put in the work and I and this is what I achieved yeah like um that shoot got put on hold twice and there's nowhere to rely on that because I wasn't in a place to focus 100% like it was meant to happen in April and my kids weren't sleeping mm-hmm. and as a working mom and any mom out there you know sleep is crucial for recovery um, and it's something I, that I can actually relate to a lot of moms is we all struggle with sleep and when it comes to our fitness journeys your sleep if you're not getting adequate seven to nine hours sleep you're not going to recover as quickly as someone else that is getting that amount of sleep and I felt like I was living on three or four hours sleep mm. and it was it wasn't doable because I was I wasn't recovering I was burnt out and I said no I can't go ahead with this I need to push it out because I'm not ready I'm just I'm wasting money for something that I just felt like I could do a little bit more more mm. work and I took time out I actually took a break from it all together I kind of took a break from social media I took a break in general I just was like no life is just too hectic at the minute with too much going on um and I, I came back to it. I was like, this is not, I'm not giving up on this. And I think 
it's the same with anything in life. Like you, if if you're burnt out from it, or you're getting tired, or you're take a break, take a step back, and take a time out. You know, I find that it's the best reset you could possibly do, um, and then come back stronger. And I did. I came back stronger. Um, I did eight weeks, I think, training of it, and um, I like. I was in a pretty good shape and I would have been always a person in good shape anyway. Um, but don't, by no means am I ripped in the photo shoot, but it's more, it was a lifestyle shoot. So it was more that going, I can do this even as a mom, working mom that trained four times a week, um, drank it and drank properly and had very little sleep. But I knew that my recovery was my, my, my main factor in this. And to know, I was delighted with the shape that I came out in in an eight week period. Um, but it is very possible to do once you set your mind to it. But if your mind is not in the right place, you're just going around in circles. It's just not happening. Um, so I think a reset is always very important. And communication, like communicating to yourself or your own coach, if you have a coach, um, is key. Because like as a coach myself, I can't help my clients unless they tell me what's going on. Uh, I can't read you inside out. Um, and a lot of my clients, they're, they're moms. Um, and I have a few out that aren't moms. And, you know, they're all doing absolutely amazing inside my program because they're communicating. You know, some people aren't able to train five days a week or three days a week. I work around the structure of your lifestyle in, in my program because I wouldn't do I wouldn't expect someone in my program to do what I can't do. And if I can't do seven days training or four days training, I wouldn't expect someone else to do that because as a mom, I know about it. Um, I totally get when we don't get sleep, we can all get cranky. Um, so it totally relates to that and your cravings can go up and you're, you can, you know, like, and I think I've had that on that fitness shoot. I've had those days that I ate at after 12 o'clock at night or I, you know, didn't meet my water target because life just gets busy with kids. And that's why I kind of just, I absolutely love helping moms, working moms, especially like moms in general or anybody really. Um, but I would have a more of a connection with moms um, because I'd be, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the journey. I'm there. I, I know what I like every day. Um, and just, yeah, you know, I've been in the industry for years, but this is just a little bit different. You know, you can be in the working industry. You could be in a gym and personal trainer and you meet every, everybody and anybody um, but I think once you niche down and look at the area you want to work in, it's that little bit special. Um, so, yeah, I think like, yeah, I think I think anyone should, should go for whatever they, their dream or goal is. Um, but just be mindful that as a mom, it could take a little bit longer to get there than any than a normal Joe soap. Um, so just be a little bit patient with yourself. Um, and especially after if you're just after having a child, um, it's going to take that little bit longer. But um, no hurdle is it's untouchable like you can grow up that ladder no bother and I've been there I've grown from being in a relationship to being a single mom to to know all the finances to everything I've struggled through it all um but there is a light at the end of the tunnel um I want you and set those goals set those goals high don't settle for small goals I would always say achieve achieve the highest possible um and you will get there yeah and you touched on something there and you were saying about how rest and recovery and I suppose taking time for yourself if you need the time and, you know, if you're not getting the sleep that you need 
to recognize that and actually, you know, you might not be able for your training. That's actually self-care in itself as well, mm. is actually recognizing that actually I need to rest today and not do my session and maybe put it off until tomorrow, until I have had a proper sleep or, you know, whatever like that. And also learning to be kind of more easy on yourself, not be, you know, beating yourself up because, oh, I didn't meet my work target today, or, you know, I didn't do the session that I said I was going to do, or I only did half a session or, you know, whatever it is like that, because we can be so hard on ourselves. And I think as mothers, especially, we can really get down on ourselves. Um, I know myself, I can't get to the gym at the moment because I have um, hip dysplasia and waiting on hip surgery. And I've found the last month in particular quite frustrating because I would love to be going to the gym, but I physically can't do anything because obviously I'm out of action with my hip. And it's learning to be kind of just that bit kinder to yourself as well and not letting the inner critic get in. And like what you said, you took, you know, the extra time in order to get ready for your shoot because you weren't in the place where you were ready. And that's actually showing a kindness to yourself as well and not being, you know, very judgmental. And that's a huge thing that I think as mothers, we, you know, there is that struggle with the guilt of, of things and the inner critic getting in there and kind of, oh, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. And it's learning to kind of take a step back and going, actually, what I need today is rest or what I need today is, you know, whatever it might be. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Like, I definitely find that, the negativity comes in very fast in us as moms, especially. Um, and also I find that like the power of social media, you know, it can be very, very draining at times in itself, or you can be very, it can be a very comparison game. Do you mm. know, you could be seeing like, I, I definitely found it very comparison that I actually had to unfollow a lot of people because it was drawn negative energy that I didn't need as a business owner. I just found it very hard. I was comparing myself for a long time at the start of my business. And I was like, this is doing me no good. You know, I, it's no point in me looking at numbers of followers that they have, that I have. Everyone's on their own journey. Mm -hmm. And I think like, you know, it's super important that, yeah, you might follow other moms on Instagram and that they're doing 10K runs or they're doing, but they all started somewhere. Um, they, always start, they all started at 1K out and then they built it up slowly to 10K. So it's the same with your own journey. You have to start somewhere. Um, and I think like if, if things trigger you online or anywhere in particular, you need to ask yourself, why, why is that triggering you? What's, the, what's deep down, what's triggering you really? Like, is it because you want to be there or is it because I'm nowhere near fit? But turning that mindset around and kind of going like, I will get to 10K. I can do 10K. I just need to train for it. But I can't go out and just run 10K in the morning, if, especially after having a baby. That's not possible. So I think like, yeah, the comparison game is a huge thing for us moms um, or our business owners, especially, I think like, and it's just something that I've learned really hard to actually do, do self, a lot of self-worth, self-care on, in a sense, stop comparing myself because my journey is my journey. Nobody's, nobody has the same journey. And I think that once you start to be kind to yourself about that and realize that this is my journey, I will get to the goal I have set myself in but whatever the length of time, I think having a time frame on certain things isn't realistic at times because mm. it just doesn't, it's just, you're putting yourself under added pressure that you don't need to do. And I think that's the main thing I said, kind of a lot of my clients 
don't have a goal, don't have a time frame in, in place. It's just let's have a goal that we work towards. And you're going to have good weeks. You're going to have bad weeks. You're going to want to go out for dinner and a few drinks on one week. And that's all part of the parcel. Like that's all part of enjoying the process. And like, mm. I would never say, don't go for dinner and drinks. I'd be all for it. Go for it. Um, because that's life to you know. You know, you can't put your whole life on hold to try to get to a goal within a short space of time. It's not realistic. You're not going to enjoy it. You're just going to feel miserable. Whereas if you actually enjoy the journey, you're going to stick with it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think like that, your goal has to form part of your own lifestyle. It can't be dictating what mm -hmm. how you live your life because the, th the fact of the matter is life will happen regardless of whether you have a goal or not. So, you know, something will crop up that, you know, if you had a goal and say, right, uh, by this time next month, I want to be able to run, I don't know, whatever it is, you could get injured, you could get sick, your child could get sick, something might happen that, you know, means that you can't train, whatever. And I think it's accepting that that can happen, but you can still keep, you know, keep trucking along and yeah. at some point you'll you will reach that goal and you know like what you were saying but sometimes having a time frame can be very restrictive and mm -hmm. actually if you can for, like build it into your lifestyle okay I'm going to train and I'm going to at some point I want to be able to run 5k 10k a marathon whatever it is um but building it in as part of your lifestyle because if you're in that very restrictive mindset as well that like oh can't go for dinner can't have the wine can't have this can't have that, eventually you're just going to end up falling off the wagon and having a load of wine and having you know <laughs> a load of pizza or something and then getting back into that negative frame of mind of you know oh god I shouldn't have done that and, and all the rest of it whereas if it's built in as part of your lifestyle and you're able to live around it and live around mm -hmm. live your life around that goal you know I suppose it it makes it easier to not be hard on yourself to be kind. Yeah, to, to be kinder, like, yeah, because definitely if I, if I look back as if I could say one thing to my childhood, it would be, I'm sorry. Um, and I, and I love, like, I, I love myself now. And it's something that I couldn't say for a long, long time mm. because I was in that restrictive mindset of I had to train like this. I had to eat like this. You could only have certain amounts of foods. And I, I got to the point that I was anorexia at 17, whereas a lot of children nowadays, it starts from then and mm -hmm. it, and it builds on from years. And it's just there. It's a, it's a comparison game, like kind of going, I need to look like this or I need to fit into this dress. And like, I don't think a lot of people realize that the damage that they're doing so young. And I didn't, I personally didn't see the damage they was doing to my mental health because I just, I just couldn't see the girl that everyone else could see. I could see someone totally different in the mirror. And mm -hmm. all I could see was lumps and bumps that needed to go. And the only way that was possible was to stay in a calorie deficit really, really low, which is unrealistic. Like to the point that like I lost my period for 10 years. That's how very sick I had got really on the journey. Um, and then you go from being anorexia to bulimia you do the vice versa and it's just a vicious cycle mm -hmm. that goes around and around and as, a, as an adult I don't think it ever goes away which from you but you learned to build a, um, a healthier relationship with it mm -hmm. and I definitely have seen that firsthand that you know 
there's all these fad diets out there. Yeah, you can get sucked into them so very fast. And believe me, we've all done them. Um, and but having a healthy relationship with food is more important than you know looking at numbers or worrying about figures. Um, unless you're on a certain goal, that's where that comes into play. Um, but you also have to have the mindset for that. You know, if you're someone that has struggled with an eating disorder for, for since a small child, going into the figures and calories and macros mightn't be the wisest move starting off. It could be trying to build your relationship with food first um, and accepting it and accepting that glass of wine and accepting that pizza, you know, and accepting that night out. And I personally it took me years. It took me till my late twenties. Um, I think really until I had my first child, um, I've always had that struggle with food. Um, and not wanting to go out and now I'd kind of do a lot of a flexible dieting approach with my clients um, because you get that freedom to enjoy some like your snacks that you like in the even time once it fits in within, within your goals um, you know I think life is too short and I think to be solely restricted on food and not enjoying yourself and yeah of course there's a lot of people out there that are struggling through it at the minute um, and a lot of us it always starts in your teens and it just builds on through your your um, adulthood. And I think like if there was a lot more awareness around it um, when I was that young at 17, maybe I wouldn't have the relationship I would have had with food that I do now. Um, but I've done a lot of therapy work, a lot of emotions through food. Um, and I enjoy food now. And, you know, yeah, I think it like it's definitely... Yeah, I think the comparison there again, it can be very, very, you can get sucked into very, very quickly. Um, and especially when you, like when it comes to relationship with food, because everyone thinks you have to cut out this and that out of your diet so you can lose 10 pounds very fast. That's all well and good, but I can guarantee you, you double it two, twice as fast going back. So always, like, I just think like, don't believe everything you read out there. Um, like there's so many coaches that are qualified and we're qualified for a reason because we're there to help you on your journey. Um, and it's just about being kinder to yourself, as you said, at the start, like, and just take the process nice and slowly, um, build those habits, um, repair the damage done to other relationships, if that's with food or, you know, with body image. You need to repair that first before you can, you know, see the success in your journey. Because if you don't repair what's really affecting you, you're just you're just going around in a vicious cycle and, and constantly like you could lose the weight no problem but you put it back on you'd be like what's going on here but it's probably the behavior behind this you need to figure out what that behavior is um, and work on that behavior first and then build the rate then build work the way around the circle absolutely and you touched on something there that not believing everything you read and unfortunately you know especially i suppose our generation, we would have grown up with all these magazines and these websites that, you know, people are too thin, too fat, too pale, too tan, too, too, whatever it is. And, you know, promoting these fad diets of like, you know, lose 10 pounds in 10 days or, you know, lose a stone in a week or, you know, whatever it was. And that can be so damaging for people, especially when you're at that influential age of, you know, in your teens. And, you know, I suppose I'm thinking back to when I was a teenager, you know, there was all these magazines and that was all that was talked about really was people's weight yeah. and celebrities weight. And if a celebrity put on weight, you know, put on some weight, they were depicted as this like awful person, like they've let themselves go and this, 
and like they were just normal bodies there was nothing wrong with any of these but i think there's a societal thing inbuilt in a lot of people now with body image because of the damaging reporting that went on and i think it's really important what you said of not believing everything you read because apart from anything else these magazines these sites they can face tune or, or you know airbrush whatever they want for people to look brilliant but they can also you know make people look that bit heavier or you know take a picture from a bad angle and then depict it as oh such and such a person look at the size of her and whatever and that can be really damaging and i find myself sometimes i still have to catch myself and go no that person is not fat that person is not too thin or too fat or too whatever and i think that we really grew up in that age of you know i suppose our the generation before us would have grown up in the the weight watchers uni slim you know that real um those fad diets weight watchers all the rest of those being pushed on people whereas we grew up in like seeing actual pictures being put out in front of us they were our versions of newspapers really and now you and now you see it on social media which yeah constant feed and you know it can be so hard so hard to not get sucked into it but like I think the point that you made there about not believing everything that you read about body image and about food, especially, you know, demonizing certain foods and, you know, oh, you should not, you shouldn't eat anything of, out of this category of food or whatever. Whereas a lot of the time, you know, in moderation, it's probably fine. Oh yeah. Like everything, everything in moderation is fine. Like, you know, having on, oh, like I've had a lot of clients over the years saying, oh, I can't have carbs after six o'clock that's a load of bullshit um, because you need carbs for energy. Like, and I think like, it's just this whole stigma around food and body image. Like, it's just, it's so easy to get sucked in on social media. Like I've even got to the point now I turn off all my notifications on my phone because there, if a beep went off, you get sucked into it straight away and kind of go, Oh, what, what's on social media? What am I missing? And it just drains the energy out of it. Now it's, it's only something new I'm starting to do because I was listening to a podcast there recently and it was like that you get you can get drawn into things very very easily and I was like yeah I actually could be picking scroll on there on Instagram aimlessly over and over and over and be like oh how do they oh they look unreal like and you get sucked in very fast and I think it's the same with like clothes and it's the same with everything like you know I I personally would have suffered with uh, for years with sizes size, sizes and clothing and it had to be a certain size and that all fell into that uh, rigmarole of eating disorder uh body image and it like this is a vicious cycle that went on for like years and i've now come to the acceptance that you make the clothes fit you mm-hmm. so whether that's the size 10 or size 12 or size 14 because as you know outside there every brand and every clothing is different fish there are no two the same anymore. And I think that's what's another big trigger. And it is a trigger for a lot of people out there is the clothing aren't all made the same. So not every pair of jeans is going to fit, whether it's a size 12 or a size 10. It mightn't fit you. And you might have to go two sizes up or two sizes down. And that's where it starts to affect people's mindset, kind of going like, how am I an eight in one pants and I'm a 14 in another? But you're kind of going like, there's the mind shift shift to kind of going, right, I'm putting the pair of jeans on to fit me. 
Mm-hmm. So no matter what the size is on the tag, I need them to fit me. And I feel comfortable in them. I'm happy in them. I love them on me. Done. Seal. Buy them. But there you have to learn that shift because you could walk into the shop and if you don't do that work on yourself and you put on a size 14, you could either go back into old habits of restricting your food diet again, running the roads um, or beating yourself up or talking negative to yourself. And that's where that vicious cycle keeps going again then. So I think, yeah, definitely our society, like a lot of mindset is now coming into to play in the last few years that wasn't there when I was growing up, I don't think. Um, well, I didn't tap into it enough if it was, but it definitely is something I tap into a lot now going forward. And I think the more awareness that comes out around mindset and meditation and all that stuff, it will do the world of good for, for kids growing up now that won't have well, hopefully won't have the struggles around food and body image and clothing or, you know, or just general society stuff that we all struggled with growing up. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there has been that shift, like you said, with the mindset and even you see body image now seems is talked about a lot more, whereas, <clears throat> you know, it was all very, it was talked about, but it was talked about in a very negative way that, you know, <clears throat> there was a certain size that was perfect when you know when we were growing up I suppose whereas now it's about more about body acceptance I do think it needs to be improved oh definitely like like there's so much work to do but I think there are strides being made in certain sectors with body acceptance and I follow a couple of people um online and actually they do what you said there they'll go into a couple of different shops and try on you know a top or a pants or something and just show that like okay so I'm a size eight in this shop I'm a size 10 in that shop I'm a size 16 in the next shop and mm. it's all grand because they all fit me or whatever and it's showing that like it's okay it because like yeah. that and I can totally resonate with the, the sizing thing especially mm. after when you know I think after you become a mom especially it can be quite magnified sometimes because obviously you are wearing a different size generally speaking you'll be wearing a different size than what you were before you got pregnant for a while after after you have the baby and then the fact that you might actually be wearing a size that's completely different as in two sizes bigger or three sizes bigger in certain shops that can be very triggering and it can have a huge Mm. impact on on you mentally because you know this thing of jesus like you know i was a size eight now I had to buy a size 14 in those jeans and oh my God. And, you know, you can kind of go around in a spiral, but actually learning to go, well, these fit me, these fit me. And actually I have a pair of jeans, you know, like in my own wardrobe, I have clothes that are in size eight, 10, 12, 14 and 16. Mm. And I couldn't tell you what size is my actual size in inverted commas anymore because I don't know because every shop I go into, I'm a different size Mm. and that's fine. And I have, you know, it has taken me a while to get to this stage where I am kind of like, okay, I'll just wear the stuff that fits me. Yeah. Suits me, my body and my body shape and all the rest of it. Whereas before it was very much like, oh God, no, I couldn't buy that now because I'll have to buy it in a whatever. Yes. Yeah. And I think like that's just a generation kind of grew up in like, and I think like when I had my second child, I accepted that change in clothing a lot better than I did on my first. I think on my first, I lived in leggings because they were just stretchy. I didn't have to even worry about what size tag I was. Mm-hmm. Like I, 
I would be a size 12 now on average like and I last time I was a 12 I'd say was years ago mm. but like as I look at myself now I have a lot more muscle on my body than I did 10 years ago um and like yeah my weight might have changed drastically in the shoot but I built a lot of more muscle and then there again muscle weighs more um mm. like and it changes your definition of your body also too like and you know there you might be might put on a size 10 jeans and it might feel tight and you're kind of going oh I put on loads of weight but you kind of look and going but actually do I have more muscle on my legs that are probably that don't suit really skinny jeans anymore um like you you kind of have to nearly ask yourself these questions and like I have a lot healthier wardrobe now than I did there recently I was like there's no point holding on to stuff that's not going to fit me anymore because I know personally my body's not going to change because I lift I lift weights unless I stop lifting weights for the next two or three years to get that stick figure again that's not possible so there's no point holding on to stuff that is do me no good and I'm just feeling down about it so throw it out um and I think sometimes doing a, a wardrobe clear out is the best thing in the world um and just kind of accept the body you have and especially after kids like you grew human beings um and they're like I feel like you're your role model to them um, and they when once they see you not looking at tags all the time or not getting upset over clothes or getting upset over not doing this and that you're you're building a healthier relationship for them growing up and I think that's my key to me is my girls will grow up into a healthy society and not worry about the relationship with food and clothing and hopefully that they won't get sucked into that society down the road um but there again I will be there for them if they do and, ha- and hopefully support them on the road to get getting getting out of that vicious cycle but I think once you start once they start at a small age and see the positivities in as you as a mom what you're doing for them will help them and I think like having a meltdown over a size pair of jeans in front of your children isn't isn't a positivity showing negativity and I think like we just need to be more mindful of trying to be more positive ourselves be more acceptance for ourselves and just love ourselves that bit more every day Um, and yeah it can be very hard to love ourselves when we've had this picture of ourselves pre-kids you know and your post kids don't look the same but I think like a little bit of self-care every day goes the world of good like absolutely you touched on something there actually doing a clear out I did a huge clear out there about a month ago two big black bags um of stuff that like just are never going to fit me again and it's actually quite therapeutic it's a form of self-care because yeah now the stuff that's in my wardrobe and it's various sizes and whatever from various shops and that's fine but it all fits me it all it's all stuff that I feel good in and like that in itself is self-care because when you feel good in what you're wearing like that you're not going to be having the meltdowns about oh Jesus this pair of jeans doesn't fit and it, you know I can't tie it and my you know my belly won't fit into it and blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> and you know you won't be kind of doing that in front of your kids but you also won't be doing it for yourself you won't be you know yeah. eating yourself up every time that you go to throw on that that pair of jeans and oh geez these don't fit me um and having that negative kind of inner critic getting in there again so in that vein I know you talked about getting outdoors um and that's part of your self-care is there anything else that you do that 
I suppose, on a regular basis makes you feel good and gets you into that you know, positive mental um, mental space? I definitely like fresh air is my number one to go to. Um, and then I definitely try to reflect every evening on on my day in general, whether it has been a bad day or a good day. Um, and then I journal. I've started doing a lot of journaling recently. Um, and kind of ever since I went on that retreat mm-hmm. um, last October, I've done a lot of just kind of brain dumping, like just throwing it out there because... I would have been the person that would have like carried everything on my shoulders and just would never let it go. It would just be carried, carried, carried to the point I was going to sleep thinking and I was kind of going like, I'm not getting any sleep here. So I definitely find like a brain dump is very, very good, especially if you feel overwhelmed or anxious. Um, And like meditation has actually grown on me and it's just something that like, I feel grounds me. Now I, I do it in the evening time. I definitely try to do it in the morning before I get up before before the girls wake up in the morning uh, because some mornings I could be very anxious there going out the door trying to get them all dressed breakfast out the door where it's kind of going like I didn't even get five minutes to myself and it's just been mom duty so in the like recently I'm starting to get up that little bit earlier um, and just trying to spend five or ten minutes to myself like and just listen to a morning meditation get myself grounded um, and then get myself set for the day but I think like they're my keys at the minute is fresh air and journaling or like your brain dumping, just get, get it all out of the head. Um, and hopefully like the meditation will take off for me. And there again, it'll take time to build it as a habit into your lifestyle. You're just not going to click as a finger. Um, but I definitely think it would benefit me as a mom um, with two small kids because it can get very overwhelming and anxious very, very fast when kids don't listen to you. You're trying to get out the door um but yeah and also I do therapy therapy is my go-to um I do it twice a month um and it's just a great way to just relieve whatever's on your chest or get advice um and I do actually psychotherapy because of the trauma I've been through um so there's different types of therapists out there for different I think categories reasons um because I was doing counseling for years and it just wasn't what I needed actually I actually needed psychotherapy and it's been the world of good like I it's it's a your weight money vest in gold like basically your weight vest in gold whatever that saying is I can't think of it now <laughs> um but yeah it's definitely helped me in the last 10 months um because when you're emotionally abused it's not nice um I wouldn't wish it on anybody um and especially when you have kids involved in the mix mm-hmm. um it's just not nice and it's just something I've come to try to accept that like I am stronger like it, it was no you know everyone's going to have opinions out there um but I've come from doing therapy I've come to put boundaries in place and I think that's so important as a mom or a person in general is to put boundaries in place um uh, we can say yes to everything and anything and you might you might want to do it but you say yes anyway and I think for me the biggest thing I've learned from therapy is say no Mm-hmm. um I, I would very rarely say no um or I would say no but I would come up I'd come up with the solution I'd fix the solution so like for argument's sake if someone in my family needed to be collected and I couldn't collect them I'd make sure that I had I'd have it organized mm. because I would put that pressure on myself whereas now I'm learning is to say no and let that person figure it out themselves because mm-hmm 
sometimes you'll get a thanks, but other times you won't. But I think boundaries is key and it's a huge aspect in my life in the last three or four months to be able to move on from my past is putting boundaries in place and say, no, I'm not going to engage in this text message or I'm like, I'm not going to stop and say hi because it doesn't serve me anymore. Um, because I go, I'm the one that gets left upset out of it. So it's not doing me any of the world of good. So I definitely think if you're someone out there that doesn't have any boundaries put in place, I would definitely say implement some. Uh, just a few, like you don't need to go all mad, but just something that's going to protect you and let you have some control because sometimes we women don't have control or mm -hmm. like we just feel like we have to people please all the time and it's something I did for years was people please and yeah I just think like you don't respect yourself enough then if you're doing that and I think like you need to respect yourself by putting boundaries in place and by saying no is showing that you respect yourself at a higher standard that you probably did from the start absolutely and something that just struck me there is you know that saying i think it was oprah said it originally no is a complete sentence and yeah. you know recognizing that you don't have to come up with all the solutions you can just say no to someone um when they ask you something that you just don't have the capacity to do you can just say no and i think that in itself is, is a huge form of self-care and looking mm -hmm. after yourself and your own boundaries and um I think it's really important and thank you so much for sharing um all of what you shared i know it can't, be, can't have been easy to share some of what you we talked about but thank you so much for being so open and for joining me on the mind your mind podcast thanks so much for having me sandra it was an absolute pleasure to be on the podcast thank you for listening to this week's episode of the mind your mind podcast if you enjoyed this episode please like subscribe rate review or follow it really does help with getting the podcast out there you can follow us on Instagram at mindyourmindpod for extra content and some behind-the-scenes action. Talk to you next week, and in the meantime, don't forget to mind your mind.